This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Shouldn't you be at work? It's a lovely chip! Oh, it's a brilliant goal from Lord Bohinen! Still it's not away. Southgate shot. Milosevic scores. The could do with a bit of magic from him. Maybe this is it. It is! Andy Sinton from nothing. Brian Roy has headed for it into the lead. Whelan. Oh, what a goal from Noel Whelan. Hit leg! Hit leg over the top! Now, you know him better than anybody, probably. Do you back him to score quickly, yes or no? Yes. Oh, oh, it no. Hello and welcome back to Quickly Kevin, Will He Score? The pre-season tour. I'm Chris Gold, joining me Josh Widdicombe. Hello. And also Michael Marden. Hello. These are a pre-season tour series of episodes. Just to kind of keep... Keep us ticking over before the new series starts at the end of October. Yeah, get our eye in, get the fitness up, ready but to go. But they're, they're still just as good. They're just <laughs> as good. Chris, you need to stop doing it. <laughs> this is the Intertoto Cup. Stop doing it. it. <laughs> um, just the things we will be covering. Correspondence. The live show that is on sale November the 7th and 8th. If you want to go to Hackney Empire, we'll be playing clips from our previous live shows to wet your whistle. And also... We are picking our favourite ever 11. There's no place for Roberto Baggio, but there is a place for the likes of Paul Parker, possibly. We will see. Okay, but before that, let's have some correspondence. I'm Jim Rosenthal, and this is the Electronic Post Bag. You've got mail. Yesterday, uh, we promised you some correspondence relating to a player that had gone to a club and then not played and left. This was after uh, Joey Beecham's time at West Ham. Obviously, David Unsworth is the other classic, but um, this is from Andy Florn. Morning, chaps. As it seems custom, I should say, I love the show. Although, as a Coventry fan, I do find the content, other than the three mentions in the credits, light on the sky blues, <laughs> who are ever-present in the top flight throughout the 90s. That is an odd... No. Kind of miss Sal if you're a Coventry fan and you listen to the episode <laughs> the show for the first time. We've never mentioned them. The anomalies of this podcast, we need to do more about Scotland and more about Coventry. <laughs> yes, we will address exactly. it. We will address it at some point. Okay, so 
I recall an absolute amazement in Coventry, indeed across England, when we announced post the 1998 World Cup the signing of Croatian superstar left-back Robert Yarny, undoubtedly one of the players of the tournament. As is often the case with Coventry, this excitement quickly <laughs> subsided as, literally less than a week later, having played no minutes for City, we announced that we had sold him to Real Madrid. What? <laughs> so they actually signed him? They signed him. Legend has it that he watched us in a pre-season friendly and thought better of it. <laughs> the official line is that he didn't want to uproot his family from Spain for the leasy burbs of Cov. But an article from the Coventry Evening Telegraph tries to dig a little deeper by conducting an interview that surely we could have turned into an embarrassing comparison of the two sides in the article entitled The Coventry City Signing That Never Was, Robert Yarny has explained why he chose Real Madrid over Highfield Road in the summer of 1998. <laughs> it all becomes clear in the article when Robert says, I wouldn't say it was my wife's decision, but... <laughs> <laughs> Clearly the pull of the boutiques of the Spanish capital outweighed the pound land in the cathedral lanes. Anyway, we did make a tidy 900,000 profit on the deal. Not bad for a week's work. Um, there we go. Do you, know, do you know there's a conspiracy theory about Robert Yarny? To, no. Because uh, the this conspiracy theory is that Real Betis wouldn't sell him directly to Real Madrid because of the rivalry between the two. Oh. So Coventry oh. were used as a kind of tactic to get him, oh Robert Yarny, to Real Madrid via Coventry. That, do you think that makes sense? I would love to see a feature film of Robert Yarny's time in Coventry. <laughs> Yeah, like, there's a book or a film in that similar to Brian Clough's time at Leeds <laughs> how quickly the, the dream city. died um, <laughs> I wonder whether the players met Robert Yarny much do you know what I mean yeah. do you think he's still in touch with any of the lads <laughs> do you think he's still in touch with Noel Wheeler <laughs> if you're aware of any players who signed for a club and then left without oh, yeah, making a single appearance. I think this could be a rich player. Yeah, yeah, players that have been at a club for a very small amount of time. We want to create a team with them. Why don't we create a team with them? There we go. David Joey, Unsworth yeah. at centre-back. Yeah. Joey Beecham. Yeah, captain. <laughs> Joey Beecham, where did he play? Uh, kind of right midfield, I think. Right yeah, midfield yeah. and Robert Yarny left-back. So that's what we've got. Yeah. We don't want players that signed for a couple of years but never played. We want... Yeah. Shortest periods of time yeah. in time at yeah. a club. Email us, hello at quicklykevin.com. Or, should we get Jim Rosenthal to tell you? Why not? Get in touch with the show. Email hello at quicklykevin.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at quicklykevin. And sign up to the mailing list at quicklykevin.com. Okay, now the live shows are coming up. Chris, the details. The details are Hackney Empire, the 7th and 8th of November. It's a Wednesday night and a Thursday night. Our biggest ever live shows by some distance. You know the drill if you've seen them before. Brand new show. Be a guest in the second half with some, a bit of patter in the first half. Yeah. Tickets are available on the Hackney Empire website. To get there, just Google Hackney Empire quickly, Kevin, and you'll find your way there. But if Also, if you don't enjoy the show, it's if you just enjoy looking at football shirts from the 90s it's an absolute treat it's such an experience when we did the Manchester show we arrived there went on stage and then there was two guys in a Man City away shirt a very niche deep cut Man City away shirt from like 94 and they were each sat at opposite ends of the stage like, oh, like, <laughs> like yeah it's like bizarro like parallel world, like, universe like bookends, <laughs> like bookends. but do be aware the show is better yeah. than we've made it sound yeah. <laughs> if you want if you want a taste of the show here is a clip of a previous live show Please welcome the wonderful Matt Ford! Hello, everyone. Hello. 
How are you? I'm very good, thank you. This good. is such a treat to be here. Well, um, I'm glad because there is no fee. Now, um, <laughs> um, now, Fordy, uh, yeah. you're, you're quite excited about the shirts on offer. I am, because I almost wore a, a 1990 League Cup Final Forest shirt. They look amazing, it's brilliant. There's what, something really favorite? exciting about it. There's a lovely Everton, what's that one? That design, Forrest had a third kit like that in the same area that was green. Light green and dark green instead of yellow and blue. So it, it can be fascinating as well. <laughs> <laughs> I just realised I was boring the fuck out of 400 people. <laughs> do it at my own gigs, it's rude to do it at someone else's. <laughs> Can we have a look at the full kit wanker section? Can we have a look yes. at what we got over there? You legend! Bison's John Walk special! Stand up, stand up. Stand up, stand up. all of you. Are you wearing shin pads? Oh you legends! You legends! Oh, wow. Absolutely amazing. The legends corner. So, let's go right to left. Um, so, we'll start with Germany. When did you buy that yeah. shirt? I think Oh, right, but... How much weight have you put on in six weeks? Yeah, so... <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, and did you travel here in your full kits? Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. So where, are you going to go home in those kits as well? Obviously, we're going to go out. Bloody lucky. On the town. What a walk of shame! Yeah. A John that walk of shame. The, oh yes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your favourite nineties kit, Forty? Ooh, I, I think the England ones. I think England Italia ninety or, yeah. or England Euro ninety six. Yeah. yeah. I bought three copies of the Stuart Pearce Euro 96 shirt. Two in an extra large and one in a large, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm fat now, so I definitely need two because I'm going to spill kebab juice down it. So like, one's, one's basically just a bib. <laughs> I started sleeping as well. I mean, I don't know whether you do. I sleep in a full forest kit now. And I've angled. <laughs> this is so fucking... I can't believe I'm telling you this. But we've got a full-length mirror in our bedroom and I've angled it so that when I come in the door, I walk in my forest kit and go like that. <laughs> and then go to bed. <laughs> that is a free way to make going to bed far more exciting. <laughs> Sex would be the obvious one. But... <laughs> not in a forest kit, I'm not a fucking animal. So we talked about football memorabilia earlier on with our little eBay section, mm. Matt. You must have bought some crap in your time. Oh, I've bought some... Anything that had forest written on it, I would pester my mum to buy it. And I remember just getting... And this, this sounds like I'm making it up. Just a plank of wood. And someone had written, like, not written, painted Nottingham Forest on it. And I remember seeing it at Jumble Center. My mum was going, it is just a plank of wood. <laughs> and it was like two quid, so I got that. And I remember at a market in Snenton in Nottingham, this guy just had stuck a tiny little forest sticker on his flask. And uh, I said, oh, I want his forest flask. And my mum was then trying to haggle with him for his flask. He was going, you don't want that, look, it's a fucking dirty flask. Like, he's got all my god brand. She's going, well, he really wants the flask. Like, Do you know what? Your mum was an enabler. That's the she problem. She was, yeah. Um, well, someone here has, uh, has a tweet, text us about uh, your hero, Stuart Pearce. Oh. Would you like to hear it? Yeah, please. Uh, <laughs> uh, before that, can we just, uh, is Mark Philopu here? This is, a, this is an astonishing story. Well, it's, uh, I say story, sentence. <laughs> My dad beat Tony Adams in a table tennis competition at a holiday camp. <laughs> Can we get a mic to Mark, please? It was about a year before he properly broke into the Arsenal team. Really? So how were you aware it was Tony Adams? Have you heard of him? 
he played a couple of games for Arsenal, and we were Spurs fans, so it got around the camp that he was an Arsenal player, so I went along to watch my dad play him. <laughs> I love that! It went round the camp, like the, the bitterest rivals there. I'll tell you what we'll do, have a game of fucking table tennis with <laughs> That'll show the Arsenal <laughs> Fucking hell. I thought it was rougher back then. So, how did he end up playing your dad at table tennis? It was just the holiday camp tournament. You sign up, you put your name down. <laughs> I love the Adams. This is like a proper post-match interview. I just put our name down at the end of the day, we beat him, you know. <laughs> this is fucking incredible. So, what, what stage of the tournament did your dad meet Tony Adams? Was it seeded or did they...? Yeah, semis. It was the semis. It was the semis? Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Who was he there with? David O'Leary and Steve Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> um, his dad was there, I remember that. His dad? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, so you went along. Did, 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 your, did, did Tony Adams progress further than his dad in the competition? I don't know if his dad took part. I know yeah. that my, my dad beat Tony Adams. <laughs> that's that's that clear. Yeah, we know that, mate. I bet you say that every time you walk in a room. <laughs> we know, we know. <laughs> Can I just ask, so is your dad much cop at table tennis? Was this surprised that he'd reached the semis? He was pretty good then, yeah, he was all right. Then? Oh, well. He's 75 now. Yeah, all right, oh, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't move around the table so much. <laughs> Lacks a little bit of agility now, but still got it. If, if Sky put down the money for a rematch, would he do it? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and what, was it a whitewash? Was it close? It was close, but it was clear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, everyone here should remember there was no doubt who was back. How did he, how did he do in the final? Uh, he lost. Oh. Oh. He lost. Martin Keown beat him. <laughs> there you go. If you enjoyed that and you want to be part of the next Quickly Kevin live adventure, go on the Hackney Empire website and look for Quickly Kevin. It's Wednesday, 7th of November and Thursday, 8th of November. It will be a lot of fun. Hopefully see you there. Hello and welcome back to Quickly Kevin Will He Score We are creating our dream team from the 90s Not the best players, our favourites Yesterday we did managers Today we are doing goalkeepers uh, I should just quickly say If you want to vote, or please do vote Otherwise we're going to end up with Jisung Bum at fullback again <laughs> uh, <laughs> Go online, go to our social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and vote. Let us know who you would have picked. Let us know why we're wrong. You're all big fans of doing that. Uh, so this this episode, yesterday we looked at managers. Now we are going to look at goalkeepers. So, Chris, do you want to kick us off? I'm going to kick us off with the ultimate 90s goalkeeper. He had the haircut of the 90s, the curtains. He had oh. the lifestyle that you want from a 90s footballer. Yes, please. Mr. Ian Walker. Oh, yes. It doesn't get much more 90s nice than that. Rock and roll lifestyle. And the other thing about Ian Walker... Rock and roll lifestyle? <laughs> didn't he go out with Danny Bear? No, that Everyone was Everyone He went out with... I think he was married to Susie Walker. <laughs> of was course. His, who's like... You know the original, like, there was a few, like, famous... What would now be deemed... Wags, for want of a less horrible term. Yeah. Like, um, Susie Walker was the first kind of celebrity footballer's wife, one of them. Oh, really? Shelley Webb, Neil Webb's wife. Right. I, I remember Ian Walker being in Hello magazine and thinking, delighted with his wife, and thinking that was a real cultural moment for yeah. football. Suddenly, footballers in Hello magazine. He might yeah. have blazed the trail, Ian Walker. Was Ian Walker more famous than he was good? 
I, I think so. Yeah, I sort of remember him being a decent keeper, but not at the level. He was in the England squad, wasn't but he? But he was yeah. never really first choice. I don't ever remember him really making a claim. He was at the same time as David Seaman. Yeah. You're never going to get in there. But He did play in the game we lost to Italy in 1997. Do you remember when we were trying to qualify for the World Cup and Zola scored past him at the near post? I wonder why he was playing in that. Yeah. yeah. Great pair of curtains. And, yeah. Uh, just the, the kind of personality you want from an, a 90s We had a big debate about Ian Walker when, because you do, a, from our Instagram account, you do a thing where you'll tweet the Wikipedia of a footballer with pictures of a lookalike from the 90s. And we presumed it would be easy to find someone with an Ian Walker-style haircut, and it took us ages to find someone. And we ended up with Mark Owen from Take We ended up with Mark Owen that wasn't quite, <laughs> it wasn't right. quite right. I think it was a low point in those series yeah. of Instagrams, to be honest. If that, you can that, think of someone with a better lookalike haircut for Ian Walker, hello yeah. and quickly that was, the, that was the low watermark, high watermark. Dan Petrescu was moulded from yes. Xbox. Oh, it's a classic. Uh, do you think Ian Walker still got those curtains? He, I wonder. It felt like he stuck with it because I had curtains, and a lot of people yeah. did for about yeah. an eighteen-month period in the sort of mid nineties. I stuck with it too late. I stuck with it too late as well. Yeah, when, yeah. when it went to the French crop, it was. I do know why I stuck with it for probably a year longer than I needed to. I just couldn't face that day at school when you went in with a totally new haircut. Yeah. So I wanted the French crop for a while, and then I just—it was just like this is going to be such an effort to get through that day yeah I was, <laughs> do you know what I mean Chris yeah. is laughing because I think he's just looked up Ian Walker well it, you know what he's going a bit Jodie Morris the hairline is fading <laughs> but Ian Walker still appears to have long hair there is an argument that his dad Mike Walker his dad was Mike Walker the football, what yeah the Norwich, the Norwich manager Norwich yeah that was his dad no. that is wow. rubbish that's that true I didn't rubbish. know that yeah so his dad was Mike Walker no yeah. that's but not there was true. an argument that Mike Walker who had quite long hair from bald man was also still holding on to curtains that he'd had in the 60s <laughs> do you know what I mean I don't mean in his living room I mean like Mike Walker had the long grey hair with the bald head yeah so maybe Ian Walker's going to end up with the same thing. But it was his dad, wasn't Mike it? Mike Walker is the dad of yeah, Ian Walker. Of wow. That's an absolute... I didn't know that. That's like the Darth Vader twist. Well, the, no, the biggest <laughs> twist is Des Walker is his brother. <laughs> <laughs> Here he is again. Now it is on his left, and it's a good shot. And Cotty, and a great save in the end by Ian Walker, who fumbled it first time, but was absolutely certain with his handling when it looked as though Tony Cotty was about to punish his mistake. Uh, Michael, who's your goalie? For my goalkeeper, I have gone for uh, Reading, Newcastle, West Ham and Trinidad and Tobago legend. Neil Shaka Hislop. How is he called Neil? Yeah. (laughs) What? What is is all this? Stop Wikipedia and just keep doing the... It's fine, we're not making these things up. Um... For two two main reasons. Um, Neil Shaka Hislop is what the Queen would say before she was knighting him. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I picked him is for two two main reasons. One is um, he's got something I like in all goalkeepers, apart from Manchester United goalkeepers, which is the capacity for like an error. I don't yeah. know if you notice that. Like he was pretty solid. I think he was a very good keeper. He was a big guy, good shot stopper. But the sense I got from watching him that he was always that close. To like yeah. a catastrophic error, yeah. like you know, fumbling. He's the, the perfect Newcastle goalie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, and I love that. Like I find that in all keepers compelling. And I, I yeah. I've always sort of wondered. Are you aware of that story of um, how like Persian rugs, authentic Persian rugs, are deliberately made with like one floor? Oh, is that right? Because because followers of Islam believe that nothing should be made perfect because it's an offence to Allah. 
And I wondered if the gods of goalkeeping like, <laughs> deliberately build in like an Achilles heel or a flaw into goalkeepers. Into Shaka Hislop. Into Shaka Hislop. You know, like David Seaman, yeah. brilliant at saving penalties, you know, robust, yeah. solid, but from, chip from a distance. That's the weirdest flaw because I just don't think it's a, a thing. Like, why are you bad at being chipped from distance? Why is that like a... What is that? I'm, or is he just unlucky that it's happened twice on high profile? Oh, well, I think the manner in which it happened twice, it suggests, you know how you play like an old uh, like Sega Mega Drive game and you fight the end boss and everything you'd done before that didn't hurt him at all. And then yeah. you find that one sort of oh, chink yeah, in the coding yeah, to yeah, be yeah. in. Yeah. And like his, like David Seaman's Streets of Rage end boss chink is like, you just got to chip him. You just got to chip him. Yeah. And like, you can beat him yeah. every single time. Then you've completed the game. Um, and the second reason I picked him is we're all kit fans on this show. There yeah. was a run of, I think about two seasons when Newcastle United had the most amazing goalkeeper kits. And it was around the time they had the Newcastle Brown Ale with the sort of big oh, oval yeah. like, sponsor. centre sponsor, which mm. is great. But he looked like a sort of mad goalkeeping peacock in these shirts because yeah. he was so big. They were sort of blue and grey and like really sort of yeah, like, I picture deliberately designed. My Am I wrong on this? Did he used to work at NASA? That was the other thing. He used to work at NASA? <laughs> that was the other thing I remember. <laughs> I, I mean, you can, you can Wikipedia that one, Chris. Um, he, the, he, he interned at NASA when he was... Uh, he's is got that a degree true? in mechanical yeah, engineering. That's the wow. other thing I remember about Shaq Hislop. I did not know Which that. Which always put him up in my estimation. <laughs> but you know when... Um, like, you must have had this when you were a kid and your mum would buy you school uniform. She would always buy, like, a size up. So you, yeah. could, you could grow into it, basically. Well, I remember seeing Shaq Hislop in those... Like they were huge, these Newcastle goalie tops. Not like Georgie Campos deliberately to make yeah, him yeah. look bigger. It was like Shaka Hislop's mum had bought him <laughs> this goalie top in case her 27 year old six foot six son had like a, a last minute growth spurt, what do you basically. think he's. Do you think he made, that makes him look bigger in the goal? I mean, maybe. But if you look at a picture of it, it looks like, like a teenager has borrowed his dad's suit to go for his first <laughs> job interview. Rule Fox with a corner kick. Spurs with a rare chance to get on the score sheet. Oh, his lot now with an excellent save from David Howells. He's not had too much to do apart from admire the play of his teammates. But when it came to the keeper's turn for Newcastle, he was well up to the job. So I'm going to go with a goalie who I've been thinking about a lot recently because have you been watching the football? Um, how Petra Cech is struggling to adapt to Arsenal's new uh, yeah playing it out from the back style. Yeah, he struggles with the feet. I think that is nothing compared to when we had Peter Shilton playing for Plymouth the year the back pass rule came in. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine that was the end of many goalkeepers' yeah. career. But he'd been playing since the seventies. <laughs> like it was like watching your grand use the internet. Like it, it, he couldn't do it at all. Like. Every time the ball went back to him, the absolute panic. <laughs> you know, the then, other thing I've also remembered about Peter Shilton when he played for Plymouth that I've not thought about in ages is when the ball was at the other end, he'd do warm-ups to keep himself warm. So he'd be jogging from side to side in the area and touching the corners of the area. <laughs> is that a thing that other goalies did? Yeah. Is that a dated thing or did that show he was way ahead of his time? I mean, I, I don't remember. Also, he was the manager at this point, so he should have concentrated on the game. <laughs> uh, how, how did Plymouth do under his stewardship? Well, and then badly. So we almost got promoted in 94. A best team we've ever had in terms of the football they played, though a lot of people put that down to John McGovern, the assistant. Right. Um, 
And then it all went wrong when his gambling uh, took over. Right. But just the thing about Shilton is in the 90s, when he seemed to play for a long time trying to reach those thousand appearances, he ended up at like Leighton yeah. Orient and places. He was, in my mind, Shilton, who is probably one of the great goalkeepers of England, is rubbish. Because <laughs> I don't think he was any good in Italian 90. Yeah. And I don't think he was any good at Plymouth. It's like if you took your sort of 10-year-old nephew to see the Rolling Stones now. They'd be like, what the hell? Who's it? Who are these old men? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you should have seen this guy in 86. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I really want to exist? A video on YouTube of that back pass rule coming in and goalkeepers panicking. Uh, <laughs> a super cut. Is, yeah. A super cut of goalkeepers not being able to deal with a back pass. <laughs> yeah. Graham Wilkins turning it in first time. Graham Wilkins with a header. Great save by Peter Shilton. Can he get that over? He can. And it's there. No! My word, they very nearly did it again. And Shilton saved superbly. Uh, so those are your three options. Peter Shilton, Ian Walker and Shaka Hislop. That is a strong selection. Yeah. Uh, to vote, what do you have to do? Go onto our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Let us know who you want to pick out of those three and we will reveal all online. And if you want to get in touch about anything we've discussed in this episode, hello at quicklykevin.com. Before we go, the quiz. Michael, you won last time. You okay. have a question for us. Yeah, so everyone knows how it works now. We do a Winner Stays On 90s football quiz. Uh, the winner gets to pick which song plays out the end of the show. Uh, this episode, it's a return of the old favourite, Starting Eleven. Yes. Great. Chris and Josh will take turns to pick a player from a specific match in the 90s. If the player played during that game, they continue. If they pick a player who did not play, then they are eliminated and the other player wins. So the match in question is from the Italian 90 World Cup and it is England versus Italy, the third place playoff match. Oh, that's a good one. Do I start? Uh, Josh, you can kick things Peter off. Shilton. And you know why Peter Shilton played in that. No, Have we discussed on. this before on here? Oh, I think, didn't you say that everyone was asked? Uh, oh, yeah, They asked fine. him if, uh, they asked the players if they could step aside so that the reserves could have a game. Yeah. And he went, no. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Woods didn't get a game at the World Cup. <laughs> uh, Peter Shilton. Okay, Peter Shilton. Chris, over to you. Um, yeah, because they all change them out, don't they? Mark Wright. Correct. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were going to go for the first time again. Tony Dorigo played in that game because we talked to him about oh, it. He did, yes. Chris? Um, Steve Ball. Good guess. That's got me right, isn't it? He was a substitute. But he did not come. Oh, come Chris, on. you're having a nightmare. So you could have also had Gary Stevens, Paul Parker, Des Walker, Trevor Stephen, Steve McMahon, David Platt, Peter Bisley, Gary Lineker. Oh. I knew Platt played actually and then Italy put out quite a strong side actually I won't name them all so Josh you are the winner that makes it one all between you and me Chris has a zero what song would you like to play out the I mentioned the it in the last episode I think I'd like to end with This One's For Now by Half Man Half Biscuit which references Dr. Joseph Venglosh lovely we'll be back tomorrow with another episode don't forget if you want to get tickets to our live show on the 7th and 8th of November go on the Hackney Empire website look for Quickly Kevin it'll be a wonderful night but we'll speak to you tomorrow until then 
Robbie Slater, see you later. I linger and go when the council dig a big hole and I cheer for a corner. I don't know why they really lead to a goal. The greatest surface underfoot is springy turf. Why does the winner of Mr. Universe always come from Earth? I feel I should be more upset since she went to live A job I have landed, but I don't get paid for the first five years. TNS in the blood mob handed, according to what one hears. Outlandish rumour is my sport, oh yay, oh yay. But just in Vingloss in Rock Ferry buying energy drinks, he's defo taking on. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.